Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. It cannot be emphasized strongly enough, the beauty, purity, and perfection of who you really are. You are not your illness, your finances, or your loneliness. There's nothing wrong in your life that you don't have the power to correct, and you are unlimited in your ability to tap into that power. Welcome. I'm Janet Richmond, and this is the Higher Self Voice. Good morning, or good day, or good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. It's Janet, and I'm back, and I have a great show today. I think you all will love it. I wanted to say welcome. Thank you, all the people who listen. I want to give the number to call in. We had a caller last week, guys. Hey. Um, I want to thank Diana for calling in. That was great. And unfortunately, I couldn't, the connection wasn't so great, and I just couldn't get a lot of what she said. <clears throat> so I apologize if I didn't respond to to all the interesting things she said, but I do appreciate her calling, and it's really fun to have a caller, guys. So if you want to call in, the number is 646-668-8565. It is during the workday here in the state, so I sort of make the assumption that most people won't call in, and, um, you know, silly me, (laughs) because really this is, the internet and this show goes out globally and as I mentioned a week or two ago I do have listeners on on all the continents maybe not Antarctica Antarctica but it's just amazing so there are people who could call in and I would love to have a call and if there's any problem with the connection or there's um, a language barrier we'll do the best we can that's all we can do so anyway, I I want to thank everybody for listening and inviting you all to call in. If you can't call or if you prefer not to call and you would like a request or make a comment or ask a question, please email me at Janet at HigherSelfVoice.com or Janet at JanetRichmond.com. Either one gets gets to me. I answer all my emails personally. So... I don't want you to think, oh, you know, no reason she won't pick up my email. I do. I have a lot of emails, but I get to everyone. Sometimes it takes me a day or two, depending on how busy I am. But please do reach out. I welcome anybody and everyone, even if you have a negative comment, because, hey, that's part of life, guys. We can deal with that. It's not... It doesn't define who I am or who anybody else is. It's somebody who's having a reaction to something, even if it's negative. I'm happy to hear it and listen to it and share it with a listening audience. So if you're fed up with my show and you want to just um, (laughs) scream out to someone, no, scream out to me, okay? I know the show isn't 
isn't going to work for everyone. I do the best I can, of course, like anybody would. But it doesn't mean that some beef that somebody would have wouldn't be valid or, you know, everything is valid because everybody's opinion is valid for them. And I would treat it with great respect, no matter whether I would agree or whether I disagree or or whether, um, no matter what. And I would share it because if you have that opinion, there could be other people that do, and I can speak to it in some way. Okay? So, of course, anybody who feels good about the show, please, that, that you guys are invited to call in also. In any case, I'm going to move on. Uh, I do want to give you the update on my book because now it's really close. I can't remember. I got it. Um, a proof copy, printed copy last week, I think before the show. And the cover needed tweaking. So we worked on tweaking the cover the rest of the week and sent it back in. And I'm now waiting for another proof proof book with the tweaked cover. And I hope very much that I like this cover because it's about a week process to get the proof. And if you have to tweak, you know, it takes a day or two or three to tweak. And then you you upload it, and then they have to send it to you. And the, you know, so it just takes about a week. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed that I'll like this cover, and then then I will approve it. If it's approved, I'm not sure what happens then. We get the price of the book once it's approved. Uh, I'm doing it on Amazon. I'll get more information, which I'll share with all of you. If you go on my website to get on my email list, I will email people. I also have another site called soulpsychologythebook.com. It is now live. We've we've had it in the in the background in the private, you know, where you guys couldn't see it for gosh, weeks now because the book just wasn't coming out. I so now it's live, and at the bottom, if you scroll down, it's a splash page. That's what it is. It gives you information about the book. There's a bunch of stuff, but if you go to the bottom, and you you will see a sign-up place where you can put your name, and you'll get an email when the book comes out. And well, the email will have where you can get the book, the price of the ebook, the Kindle, the the print book, uh, all of that. You will get all that information the minute I know because right now it's I'm in the dark and so I can't tell you anything because Amazon does set their own prices it's not up to me um, I'm, I think they might do it based on page number I'm not really sure but in any case guys please go on Soul Psychology the book learn more about the book that's about to come out it could be this week or early next week Hopefully, I will be happy with the cover this time. If not, it will be delayed another week, week and a half. But that's okay. I mean, it's been a long time anyway. Whatever the delay is, it is. It's there, and I'd rather have it, get it, get the cover so that I like it. (laughs) You know, don't you know? Um, So anyway, that's the news. It's coming out soon. Don't forget to tune into soulpsychologythebook.com. And you'll see it's just about the book. If you go to my website, there is a a link to right on the home page. You can link in, click on that, and it'll take you to Soul Psychology the book. So either way, you can find you can find my the information about it 
Remember, it's soul psychology, our journey through the human kingdom universe. And it is, I mean, I mean, I'd be weird if I didn't love this book. I love it. I feel like it's a powerhouse. I feel like it has answers to so many questions. It makes sense to the world. It's very practical. It's very uh, logical, explains things. You know, it's, it's higher self-information put in a way that hopefully everyone can understand. And it's going to, I think, bring a lot of people into a place of understanding their personal world and the world in general and the uni- and the universe as well. I mean, it does a lot of things. It's a long book. It's about 400 pages, but it's easy to read. The print is uh, very readable and there's a lot of space. There's a lot of, play- you know, it, it, it's very readable. Um, it's not tiny print and, you know, squished together really intellectual it's it's readable accessible for anyone and it's the kind of book that you don't have to read from start to finish if one part you know you look in the table of contents you go oh wow there's a whole section here on heaven i'm interested in that you can jump right to that if you want now it does build on itself so you might find that there are things discussed in that section that you need to backtrack a bit to really fully understand, but there's a glossary, so if there are terms that I... I define everything when I introduce the terms in the body of the book, but if you're, you know, three weeks or three months later and you've forgotten what I said, you can go to the glossary instead of searching around, where was that Where was that described? What, what, what does that mean again? So I try to make it as easy for any approach that anyone would have, either reading it from start to finish or reading it bits and pieces, picking it up, reading it for a couple of days, putting it down, picking it up again in a, in a month or six, you know, whatever works, there's no one right way. And I would love for people to either send me an email, call into the show, ask questions, make comments, uh, because there's there's a lot of food for thought there. And there are going to be things that you resonate with and things you're going to go, hmm, I'm not too sure about that. And that's okay. It Again, you know... It's never about belief. It's about what resonates with you. And we stand in between belief and disbelief and in that neutral space as much as we can. And that's really what I'm encouraging all of you to do. So anyway, enjoy. I'm I'm beyond excited about it. I'm really excited. Anyway, so that's the book. But I did hear by the way, I heard back from Ernesto. I worked on him a couple of weeks ago, I think. He asked questions about the law of attraction and karma and guilt. And I'm not going to repeat all of it because that's what that was from the prior show. But he did get back to me. And one of the things I talked about in the show was doing preventative work. And he said he really that made so much sense. Because if you do something, if you work on something before it presents itself, then maybe it won't present itself at all and you've avoided all of that. Or perhaps it would be present itself in a lesser or a less intense way, a less dramatic way, less scary or upsetting way, whatever. And and that's exactly right. And with this work, of course, we have we cannot compare. We cannot compare what because if we do the work and 
on some issue, whatever it is, and we see it in our life, we can't compare how it would have been if we hadn't done the work. Would it have been worse? <laughs> would it have come up at all? We, we don't know. We can't compare. But in my experience and in many people's experience that I know, there is so much shifting that goes on. I mean, I've been working with someone who for four years was trying to crack this nut and I've talked about her on the show. She was trying to crack the nut of this terrible relationship she had with her, her twin brother. And for 30 years, they barely communicated. And I think they'd only seen each other a couple of times in that whole three decades. And she'd been trying for four years before she started this to really do something, trying to reach out. But she was wounded. She knew he was wounded. And they just weren't able to connect she started this work, and within two weeks, their communication completely shifted. They started texting on a regular basis, emailing, even calling. And then before uh, uh, two or three months or four months, I can't remember exactly, they had a plan to see each other. Now they see each other every year. It's, it's, you can't compare apples to apples, but if you work on something for four years or four decades and it hadn't changed and then it begins to change, it's sort of self-evident that things are going on. So, so yes, preventative, absolutely. I think I've told the story on here, and maybe I even did on the show for Ernesto about hearing that woman who said, I think I did, I think I just talked about it. She says, oh, she's leading the group. This is Joan's group, and she says, oh, I'm here to tell you I only have brain cancer. Well, we were like, what? And by the end of the her talk, and this it was so profound and so moving for me, this thing, that it's actually a, um, a chapter in my book or a section, in, not a section, but a part of a chapter. I can't remember exactly, but it was so moving and so profound that by the end of it, I kept saying to myself, I don't want to wait till I have some terrible disease or some terrible thing happen to me in order to start working. And so what did I do? Just what I've always encouraged you to go in and do the preventative. I have never had cancer and I don't expect to get it, but I worked on all illness patterns from that moment forward, not just cancer, because we're all so different. Her illness pattern played out <laughs> at least at that time through cancer, but who knows what somebody else's would. So, I mean, I just worked as hard as I could on illness. And in fact, illness is one of the big five. The higher selves recommend that we work on illness, aging, death, dying, and fear of commitment. And I've done all of them on the show at different points in time. And I continue to work on them <laughs> regularly. And I'm telling you, it really helps. I'm getting healthier and healthier and healthier and healthier. I And anyway... So, yes, preventative work. Great. Glad you resonated with that, Ernesto. Now, one thing that he did say, because I happen to mention that we're all working on the negative energies to neutralize everything, but in time we're going to be neutralizing even the positive. I don't know if you guys remember, but when I was talking about the law of attraction, um, that is uh, a shift that will be happening down the line. And we're not there yet. So, uh, but I do, of course, again, encourage everyone to amalgamate your positives with the higher selves so that they do not become part of a pattern 
that plays out in a, in a way that's negative in nature for you, something you're unhappy with. And they can. They absolutely can. I gave you examples in that, or I gave you at least one example in the <clears throat> in that show on Law of Attraction. So go back and listen to it. But he says he wonders how that's going to play out, and he, he wonders if humans are going to be emotionless, emotionless. And that was the impression he got. And I right away am sorry because I didn't mean to give that impression. So I'm glad he wrote me about it. In fact, no, you do not neutralize the emotions. Absolutely not. That's part of our nature. And as a result, um, no, we do not neutralize the emotions. What we are doing is we're neutralizing the attachments, the energetic attachments of the the emotions that we've attached to specific events or situations or experiences that we have because that's what we do we we attach an emotion by believing that the event uh if, if something upsets us we believe that the event is that cause that causes that so if something um Remember, I talked at length about the snake event, okay? If you haven't heard me talk about the snake event, it's on more than one of these shows. The last one that I did on the emotions, which is fairly recent, I really went into a long example of the snake event. And what you do when you neutralize is you don't neutralize the emotions. You neutralize that energy that attaches the emotions to the snake event. That's the example, or to any event. So if you have fear or curiosity or um, uh, terror, whatever you have attached to the idea of the snake, because remember, every event is actually neutral. But if given the circumstances, we attach an event uh, attach an emotion to the event, that event is no longer neutral for us. And I go through a big example. I call it the snake event. And so when we would neutralize, we neutralize the energy that holds the fear attached to the snake. And it's like those balloons, or it's like the emotions get released because the energy that attaches it to the snake idea gets dissolved, neutralized, and no longer is holding those emotions to the snake event. So that when we see a snake, again, if we've, if we've thoroughly gotten rid of all the attachments, okay, when we see the snake again, guess what? We have true choice as to how we're going to feel about it. Because we no longer have that automatic trigger. Because remember, these are emotional blueprints. And like a blueprint that a architect follows on how to build a building. I mean, that an architect makes and gives to the builder. The architect has determined how that building is going to look. And so the builder looks at the blueprint and builds the building like the blueprint. When we have these emotional attachments to these events, and we all have them to every single event. There's no, literally no new event at this point. We've lived so many eons of lives. The details might be new, but the, the essence of the event, there's no more, no more new events. So when we attach all of these emotions to an event, 
we create an emotional blueprint, guys. So when that event happens, it triggers the series of emotions each time we see the snake, the series of emotions. And I went into so many different emotions, very detailed of how complex our emotional blueprints can become. And so when we neutralize, we aren't neutralizing the emotions. We're neutralizing the attachment, the energetic attachments of the emotions to the event. And if we, when we get rid of all the attachments and then we see a snake or we experience some other event, we actually are approaching it in that neutral way. And depending on the situation, we, we might, wow, how fascinating. I'm going to go... Um, I'm going to go to the zoo tomorrow and look at those snakes in a way I've never seen them before. And you go into the store and you buy a book. You know, this is someone who was terrified before. Now, now the curiosity, now the interest, now the fascination can come forward if the terror is released from the snake event. So for the first time, that person would be able to experience that event without triggering a, a blueprint. There is no blueprint once you neutralize all those attachments. There's no blueprint anymore, nothing to trigger off. And there you can, depending on the situation, maybe you see a two-headed snake in a book and you go, wow, I heard there's one in the zoo. I'd never dared go see that before. I'm going to go see it now. And for the first time, you seek out and to learn and actually see this phenomenon of the two-headed snake. So... That's what happens when we neutralize our blueprints. Nobody goes emotionless. We have choice. That's the, the scoop. Okay. Now, I have to give a shout-out to Ernesto because something happened. He shared it with me, and I'm so thrilled because he hit the nail right on the head. He said that he had a conversation with a friend regarding his relationship, and the friend said, well, why did you get into a relationship, if you seem to have some issues, why didn't you just wait until you were ready and got that fixed? And he said, well, that may be an issue for me, but how am I supposed to know about it or deal with it if I'm in my comfort zone and I'm not even aware about of the issue? And, and he says, um, I need to be in a situation to become aware that there is an issue. And that's exactly right. That's what we do when we have relationships. All of our experiences in our lives, they will raise our awareness if, when we have problems, when we have discomfort, when we are upset or afraid or guilty or whatever it is. If we have perfect, quote-unquote, perfect lives and nothing was triggered, we wouldn't know we have an issue. So right on... Ernesto. Fantastic. Yes. Okay. Now, during the healing session, he said he felt totally relaxed and like things were lifting off of his chest, shoulders, and mind, and it was a great feeling. He wished it last longer. <laughs> I know it does seem, even me, you know, I'll, I'll do heavy-duty healing on myself, and it's like I feel like I've lost weight, literally, and it doesn't last. You get used to the new energy level. You get used to it. You adjust and, and acclimate to the shifts. But that that feeling is very 
Oh, it's wonderful because it validates how much you've done. I, and so I'm thrilled that he felt that way. He said that he had a couple of situations come up, come up over the weekend, and yet he felt com- confident and sure that he had nothing to fear because if something comes up, in other words, if he has some problem, he'll just work on it and get it out of the way. And I love that, Ernesto. Way to go, kiddo. I'm telling you guys. This is exactly it. It gets to the point when you feel shifts and changes with the work that you feel empowered and you know that if something comes up, okay, well, I got to go in and work some more. All right, so big deal. You go in and work some more and you shift that issue as well. So it's it's great. I'm so glad. Um, and... I've had a private session with him, so he refers to something in the private session, but I won't, I won't uh, mention it here because I don't need to um, re- reiterate that. But it was a good outcome. It had related to job and money and and things, and and things just started moving. <laughs> uh, it seemed as if barriers were removed and everything just flowed much better. So I was, I'm really happy for that. Anyway, okay, today. We are going to be working on Jake again. Now, I've worked on Jake in the past, as you know, and I've had a couple, three, four private sessions with him as well. And um, he's having he's having trouble. Uh, he's really having some continual trouble. And I wanted to uh, bring this, bring Jake and his, issue uh his issues forward because i think we can all relate to it he says because i asked him what exactly did you want me to work on because we've worked on here on the show and also in the private sessions and he said well here's where he's not sure but he said feelings of hopelessness and uselessness continue to plague me and then are ultimately fulfilled which is exactly right. If you feel hopeless and and useless, then the situations you bring in, of course, will only empower that feeling. Um, He He's worried because he says we've already worked on this. Maybe there's something else he should be working on. But no, if he's still being plagued by these, we need to keep digging. We need to keep working. Now, don't we all know people, myself included, that keep working on something in whatever realm or however they're working on it and don't seem to make a dent. And I know I've done use this analogy, you know, Sisyphus who's rolling that rock up the hill and he gets it to the top and then somehow it rolls down again and he has to start over again. And I've seen that Sisyphus symbol uh in, from time to time, and it may, there may have been one on the radio. I can't remember because, of course, I do so many. But in, in any case, that's the feeling, you know, this hopelessness and it's useless. Do you really? Do I really need to push that rock up the hill again because it's only going to roll down again, that kind of thing. And <clears throat> so my heart goes out to him, and I know I've been in that place. I know many people have been in that place, If and many people are in that place currently. So even though... Hopelessness and uselessness are issues 
that have come up on a fairly regular basis. Hopelessness is 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 part of the human condition. I it comes up in a lot of the healings, but I really felt it would be helpful to everyone that we focus on this again. Now, for him, he said it relates to his work history, and he says his recurring pattern is simply to have to fight like hell to get a job, and if I manage to get one, it never seems to last, putting big gaps in my work history, and then appearing, and then he appears unreliable or flaky uh, for future employers. And he says he has a constant feeling of fighting from being underneath and then I either make some mistake that ruins it or people just decide I'm not worth keeping around. So he just feels like he's under it, just kind of like Sisyphus, under that rock, pushing it up over the hill. Um, and I've also been talking to him about shifting his perspective. He, he's been so deep in this feelings of uh, hopelessness and despair that he has a hard time seeing anything but the what's going on in his life that isn't working still. So he says, um, he, and so I've been encouraging him to either jot down somewhere or send me an email with the little things that seem to be, just little things, taking a look and changing his perspective a little because we, we get into this habit of just looking at one thing the, the worst thing, and not noticing that we're we're making some some shifts and changes in the right direction. And he said, it's not that he, he responded to that by saying, it's not that he doesn't want to acknowledge when things seem to be going in the right direction. It's just that he's so constantly disappointed lately, whenever things seem like they're getting better, that he doesn't like to get his hopes up, and it hurts less if he's more guarded. So he, rather than, um, he, he doesn't want to get his hopes dashed is the point. So he doesn't want to look at the positive things or the the shifts and the changes that are showing up because he is doing the work on his own. I've done some work on him. He is doing the work on his own. And it's funny, he'll send me an email and 95% of it is is showing his despair and his upset because things aren't, haven't changed in the sense of the job, but then he'll mention sort of on the side, almost as an afterthought, some stuff that I'm like, whoa, well, that's great, you know, oh my God, what about that? But he doesn't, He it's just um, on his way to somewhere else. So he'll say, well, I got a job, but of course it only lasted for two weeks. And then he's harp, he's talking all about the fact that it only lasted for two weeks. And there's no acknowledgement that, hey, he did get the job. It's only for two days, but that's still his money in his pocket, and that's better than no job at all. So that's what I mean. But he's just full on into this despair. And um, I wanted to, I sent him this email. You know how we get emails and things go around. So you may have seen this email, but I sent him this email because I forwarded it to him because I really, it was, it was very, um, on point for what I'm trying to help him shift. And so it, it was an email about this professor that hands out a test to all of the students face down so they can't see. And he, he, his instructions are, I want you, when you turn over the paper, to write what you see. 
So this is a different kind of test. It wasn't anything that they were expecting. They turn it over, and it's a white piece of paper with a small black dot in the center. And they're sort of weirded out. And after the test, he had all of them read what they said, and all of them focused on the black dot, its position in the paper, and yada, yada, yada. And his, the professor said, this is so interesting, and it's an analogy for life, because what we tend to do is focus on the black dot. And what you, we don't focus on is all the light, all the bright, all the open, all the opportunity that's part of that paper or part of our lives. We tend to focus on the most difficult things that are going on, and I've talked about this a lot, that when we have something tough in our lives, we focus on it, focus, focus, focus. If we have something good, we just like go off in our day and we barely even acknowledge it. That's part of the human condition, guys. So the, the whole point of the professor was to open up the perspective and to include the entire life's views, uh, not just to focus on the, on the black dot. And... I, it's easy to say and harder to do sometimes, especially when you're like Jake and you get into this place of real despair. Um, I think I've talked about more than once, it's actually mentioned in both my books, but when I was in graduate school many years ago, I signed up for a class that I only went one day. Uh, I just decided not to take the class to tell you the honest truth. There was so much reading <laughs> that I thought, I can't handle this class on top of every other class. So I did not take it, but I was meant to be there that day because there was this, he showed, um, and I know I've talked about it on the show, but he sh again, I want to mention it because it fits in with a black dot analogy. There was a guy holding onto the windows of a jail cell, looking out the, the holding onto the bars of the window, looking out into the surrounding beautiful countryside, pretty flowers, nice trees, grass, whatever, you know, in despair because he can't go out and enjoy it because he's in this jail cell. And what we see looking at this cartoon or this one cell uh, drawing is that the other three walls of the jail aren't there and that all he has to do is turn around and see that he's free to move away and move out. And I'm sending that, that was such a profound experience for me. I've it, it just like shifted all my consciousness because I realized in that moment seeing that how much we put ourselves in our own prison just based on our viewpoint, based on our perspective. And when somebody is in a place of hopelessness and despair, that's the perspective. They're even and even he doesn't even want to turn around and see the possibilities because it's as if if he tried to turn around, he would be so he's so afraid that it's either an illusion that the walls aren't there or that 
if you walk toward it, it would disappear in some way. There's so much hopelessness. It's almost like he's hanging on to the reality of the bars on the windows. It's like he he's so um, having such a difficult time that it, he's having it's just impossible for him to even try to turn around. There's so much fear of disappointment, fear of dashed hopes, and so these are the things that we've seen people with. These are the things um, in a very extreme way that cause people to kill themselves or um, push people into addictions and things like that. This is a very intense kind of despair and it's really the viewpoint and the perspective. And it's as even though we can understand intellectually it's so hard to give somebody um or you know we can encourage uh it's so hard to help someone in that place for me the best help is this energetic work and in fact there were times that i felt in the early when i first heard from jake uh that he was on the verge of committing suicide i don't feel that or hear it anymore so the energetic work is feels to me, no matter how hopeless he feels, that that isn't there anymore. And I could be wrong. I haven't asked him. But there's a different tenor to his um, to his communications with me. And at first, I mean, I literally thought, if I don't contact this man, uh, he won't be around tomorrow. That's what I felt when I first heard from him, I guess, months ago now. Um, so that is the good news. But this this is this hopelessness is something that that we've all either felt or we know people very close to us who have felt. So I really wanted to work on that. Um, but I want to say before I start on the healing that turning around, uh, if, you, if you use the analogy of the jail cell window, turning around is not about. It's a journey. First. You just turn. You turn your head and you look, oh, okay. Then you acclimate to the the fact that that wall on your left is not there. Then you might just let one hand go. You're still holding on to the window because this is what you know. This jail cell window is your friend. It's what you know. It's your self-identity. That's who I am. Symbolically, I'm talking about. So letting go of self-identities, letting go of security points and security blankets, as terrible as they are, they're familiar because we've been there so long. That they take takes baby steps. And so the, for, the next thing may be you just let one, you know, one hand lets go. And instead of just turning your head, you turn your body a little more to say, okay look at that okay then you might look to the other side and let go of the other hand and hold on you know you it's it's a stepping stone process and the energetic work is going to help us make those they take those baby steps it's going to help us let go and that's what i want to do for i want to work on for jake today and i'm sure you all can relate and i'm going to I don't know yet how I'm going to do the healing, but of course, everyone will be part of it. And anyone you know that's in this 
situation, when I set it all up, please bring them right into the the rim of the wheel because we always it seems like I'm always using that symbol. We want to bring everybody in. So be thinking about people who can really use this, who are in despair or hopeless or feel useless or feel helpless. All along those lines, bring them in. People who just feel trapped for whatever reason in whatever parts of their lives that they can't seem to deal with, can't seem to get out of, uh, that, that hounds them, that haunts them, that that absolutely paralyzes them. Bring anybody and everybody in that you might know who's in that situation, and we're going to set it up with everyone on the rim. Jake will be in the center point at the hub, but each and every one of you is, are going to be releasing the same issues, and then, of course, the higher self will help any other issues that will come up. So you're not limited to what I'm working on with Jake. If something comes up, even for someone you've brought in, you brought in somebody, and I don't happen to mention that they have a a fear of clowns, fear of water, whatever, you go ahead and pull out or request that that be uh, released. So you can do it for yourself, you can do it for your loved ones or whoever you bring in and I might even yeah I might even have a second rim around the outside because I'm already feeling um, we haven't even started and I'm feeling this huge um, oh my gosh huge amount of people that are going to be taking part oh my gosh and it there's so much repression all over the world that there, and there's so much despair. I don't know why the oppression is coming up, but that's what I'm feeling. It's the oppressed from around the world, global, that are coming in. And it's, it's, we have the listeners, past, present, and future, uh, on the, the main rim, but there is an outer rim that is already being populated by those that are, feel, that are under great, uh, repression and feel like they their lives are worthless and they're useless and it's hopeless and et cetera, et cetera. A lot of despair here, a lot of despair in this world. Um, oh, my gosh. Okay, well, I didn't know that was going to happen. But uh, anyway, here we go, guys. I'm just going to take a little water. I want you all to make yourself comfortable. <coughs> you know, I have to laugh the higher selves they they always find a way to expand whatever I'm doing and I really love it because I mean why would I be doing it if I'm not here to help people of course I'm pretty much talking to the choir most of the people who I'm who listen to the show not only want to help themselves but they're very you guys are caring you want to help others and I'm no different we're all the same here we want to help ourselves. We want to help others. And so the higher selves continually expand this radio show. It is like their forum. <laughs> it really is. And I to thank you guys for being a part of it because uh, if I didn't have this radio show every week, it, I'm not sure where that forum would come into play. They'd probably find a way to bring it into play elsewhere. I do get expansion in my meetup groups and my um my private sessions, I do, but it's so consistent here because I've been doing this for, this is almost four complete years. 
I believe I started in January or February of 2011. I took 2013 off because I was trying to write my book and and I did. I got a lot of writing done, but of course here it is 2015 and it's only now coming out. But it's still, I've done 2010, 11, no, no, 11, 12, 14, and 15. And so it's been a great avenue for expansion for me and, and help for, for a lot of people. And I'm just so appreciative. Anyway, that's me. Okay, so... Okay, well, uh, I've already seen the start up, the higher south are all over it. It's like the Keystone Cops, you know, it's so fast. It's just in place instantly, but I do see now the wheel is definitely there. Uh, all the listeners are around the, the rim or the um, the rim of the wheel, the symbolic rim. And, of course, we've also got the secondary outer rim, and I see literally... Um, like populations, I would say, populations of people on this outer rim. And in fact, it's so many. I have to, my first visual of it was just a little bit behind the rim that the listeners are on. But I just, the number of listeners that I have, both live and archived, can't match the listeners from the global. And so I've had to expand (laughs) symbolically now seeing that the outer rim is really big. Now, of course, in a way, it's good that it's really big because I can't focus on all of that. I have to just put it into the hands of the higher self, the pure soul essence and the originating source. And once we activate all that, which it's already coming into play, I already see the forever now moment happening, um, the now moment happening. Um, yeah, and the forever now moment is is uh, moving in through and around, and it's, oh my gosh. It is expanding in through and around the totality of both rims. It's so big, I cannot see it. I can't see its edges. I just know that it's there. It's huge, and you can imagine if I have population standing on that outer rim, and it's encompassing the totality of the soul process for all of those people, as well as all the ones on the the rim of the wheel that we we normally use. Wow, it's just it's humongous. And I want us all right now to activate that pure soul essence. I want to fill this forever now moment up with light and I'm just want us to all envision that sun, that symbolic sun, because it is our purest, most perfect, most potent point of power that each and every soul from the lowliest grain of sand to the highest most evolved being, each and every soul from the minute it is first expressed in the mineral kingdom carries that pure soul essence and it is never without it. It is a constant and it is this pure soul essence that is our that, that that is the connection to not only the originating source but to all life. And there's a constant feeding back and forth. Every experience that throughout the entire universe, known and unknown, and much more 
is unknown than known. Infinitely more is unknown. And every experience that's happening affects the originating source, and in turn, the originating source is is feeding back over this conduit, over this the the symbolic light that can that connects that pure soul essence that we carry with the originating source, it is feeding back and forth constantly, instantaneously. So that pure soul essence that we carry is everything. The originating source was, is, and is becoming moment to moment to moment. And I can, I mean, this has really never happened before, but I'm now sensing moment to moment to moment an increase of I don't know whether what to call <coughs> excuse me <coughs> I don't know what to call <coughs> call it wow <coughs> sorry a little bit of a frog in my throat okay but it's as if there's a pulsing almost um, and it's it's so fast, but it's been slowed down for my being able to to see it or sense it. It's like a pulsing, and with each pulse, there's an increase of frequency, and it's so minute and so quick because uh, it's instantaneous, but it's instant to instant to instant, and, and I can sense it for the first time ever, guys. Uh, wow. I don't know how important that is, but anyway, I'm just sharing with you. So we are activating that pure soul essence, and I feel now this incredibly bright, brilliant light moving out over the universe, and it is being, um, there's souls from all over, and I see this, I see this every time, that come in and partake of the light. Uh, as you know, the, these souls, for the most part, are souls that don't know they have their own light, and when they're ready to partake of some aspect of the light, because this divine light is everything, as I've said, everything the originating source was is and is becoming. So it whatever they're ready for, whatever they want or need, is they come and they partake of that light. It's nothing that takes away from any of us. It's not like they take a bite out of our light or anything like that. It's um it's a frequency, it's an energy, it's like standing in the, the light of a flashlight, you know. Um, that flashlight burns as bright as ever, but someone is moving into the beam of light, and that's kind of what this is like. It doesn't take away from the light at all. It's just able to be absorbed by the soul and help it on its journey. Okay. <coughs> okay. Now, we want to also amalgamate with the conglomerate higher selves and any other higher selves that wish to join us today. And I'm telling you, the energy field is so intense. Oh, my gosh, it's so intense. So much energy came in and is filling this forever now moment. And we're now going to bring it into the that symbolic womb of originating source enabling um, the originating source and all that infinite reservoir that it carries to be very much a part of this healing and um, doing it um, 
and, you know, and all of us experience it, therefore, at the very highest level that we can handle. The higher selves are uh, will de-intensify the energies that will be coming from the originating source exactly to the point where we can handle it. So we're always going to be working at the very highest level. Okay, now... I want to um, I want to say that the we're going to activate the Rainbow Bridge energy, and that came in instantly. It's created the hub, and Jake is is on the hub, and Jake is actually <laughs> he's sort of cute out there. He's kind of like um, looking around and 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 like being amazed that he's part of this this thing. And he's just looking at it like, uh, what is this? You know, he has this kind of uh, disbelief um, on his face. Um, he, I definitely get that he feels small in comparison. He doesn't feel like he has a right in a way to be here, that he deserves to be here. And in fact, you deserve it as much as anyone else, of course. But those are just words. It's hard to feel that when you're not feeling good about yourself. And so I want to, I want Jake to just simply begin by, and and everybody around, be also do this. Remember, just to begin to release the awe or the feeling that this is bigger than you are, because that's what he's feeling. That he's just sort of this puny thing. And why could he be part of this? Why should he be part of it? How does he deserve to be part of it? He's lesser than. And I want all of you to, as well as Jake, to begin to release these feelings of being lesser than, these feelings of being, um, you know, undeserving. Now, there's anger coming up here, a lot of anger. Uh, I'm sort of caught off guard because I wasn't thinking we'd get there right right away. Uh, but there's a lot of anger coming up right now. And he's like pissed off because I'm not sure why. But let's just release the anger. Let me see what's coming up. Let's just see why. What's going on? Why is he so angry? Oh. Well, he's angry because this situation is forcing him to turn around from that window. It's forcing him to get a new perspective and he doesn't want it. He's angry because he's not ready for it. And what's behind the anger? Of course, fear. So we want to we want all that anger and all that fear to be let go. He's like, how dare you? He's really angry at but he's standing here. He didn't leave. That's so terrific because despite how angry he is, he's not running away. He's not running away, folks. And this is uh, such good news. And so I want, I want Jake, I really, and I'm going to call in divine serenity and divine understanding and divine clarity and divine courage because I want to, and divine flush, let's have the energy flush out the, the anger. It's just boiling, boiling up. It's as if he made a home in that place of victimhood 
feeling sorry for himself, uh, wallowing in his despair. And haven't we all done that? Haven't we all felt sorry for ourselves? Haven't we all felt like victims? He's built a big, solid home here. And he he's part of that black dot. And so he's like pissed off because he doesn't want to move. Now, I can so relate to that because I've been there. As unhappy as we are, it feels like such a huge effort to move, to change, to get out of that pattern, to do it differently. Oh, my God, just thinking about it feels overwhelming. And that's exactly how he's feeling. And he's pissed off. Okay, so, Jake, let that go. Let First, let's go all the anger. Let's get the anger out. You have a right to be angry. It is damn scary. It is overwhelming. It is difficult, especially when we've made our home there. It's part of the self-identity. Uh, I do feel like there's. Um, it's part of your comedy act. I think that he does some comedy sometimes or uh, something like that. I'm not sure. And so <clears throat> that anger, that despair, it's part of the act. I can see it. It's part of who he is, making fun of the, uh, the difficult things in his life. And he's used it as fodder, and he's actually quite good at it. I definitely see um, that how it could become part of a self-identity. He's in some ways turned it around and used it as uh, material. <clears throat> I'm sure it also feeds him because I think he does some acting. It feeds the, the acting and the emotional range and all of that, you know, and he taps into it and uses it. It is definitely part of who he is. The problem is now that he's built his house around him and it's now a prison. It's now preventing him from moving forward. It's not enough anymore. He's, at the soul level, it's not enough just to use it in his acting or his comedy or whatever he does. It's, there is, it's not enough anymore, guys. As and this is the part that's motivating him to stay here as pissed off as it has made him. So let's just continue to release the anger, the feeling of overwhelming. And also, here's coming up that useless feeling, that it's useless to try to move. Because, boy, has he tried to move, and no way. He's been anchored to this spot. He hasn't been able to shift. He hasn't been able to change. Does this sound familiar, guys? Have we been there where we've got that rock of Sisyphus uh, on our backs or whatever, and we just can't seem to get out of whatever we're trying to get out of? We've all felt that way. And so he feels this very deep uselessness. And that's coming up right now that it's not even worth trying because, hey, it's not going to work. It never has. So why would it work now? And this is, too, connected very much to the hopelessness. So we definitely want to release all that hopelessness as much as we can. Um, okay, now here's a very important part of this. We want to activate divine hope. And I've used it before, but I'm just going to remind everyone that divine hope and divine faith are two very real energies. They work together Um First, what we do is we activate divine hope. And that's what <clears throat> we need to. <clears throat> I'm putting it around, Jake. I want everyone who's listening to put it around yourselves. 
Now for Jake, I want to infuse the idea that hope is real, that change is coming, things are shift, will shift for the better. You are taking steps forward and you will continue to take steps forward and you're going to move out of this prison and it's going to be easy and effortless. Now, you see I'm being very general because it isn't about focusing on one thing. It's a process, guys. A lot of different steps, a lot of different avenues of change, a lot of different ways the pattern can unfold. We want to do general stuff in this divine hope. Now, you can do this exercise day after day and put in whatever you want. But right now on the radio, for him, I'm making it as general as I can. And now we're going to bring in, activate and bring in and immerse this divine hope energy with divine faith. Why divine faith? Because divine faith is an actual energy that helps to bring them to manifest all that is hoped for. And so I feel it. I feel that divine faith coming in and it's empowering the hope and it's empowering each of those elements that I put in there for Jake. And what we want to do is we want to be able to have Jake feel more comfortable, less afraid, more hopeful, and more positive to be able to turn around from that window. And I'm going back to that symbol. I want to take a look. And... There is... He's, he, I do sense him letting go of the bars and turning with his back to that to the bars on the jail cell. That was a symbol that I sort of suggested. And so I'm going back to that suggestion because when I was seeing him take one hand off, it moved into being him symbolically. So now he has let go of the bars. He's practically backed right up to the wall. You know, he's, there's not too much distance yet. He's cautious here. Um, and I want him to release trepidation, nervousness, uh, fear of failure, fear of disappointment, fear of uh, being hit out of left field, fear of not succeeding. And one thing I, I really picking up, that his goal He has a goal to get a job. There's nothing wrong with that goal. But when he doesn't get the job or a full-time job or a job that lasts, he can't see anything else good. And so I want him to let go of the goal-oriented results. And I had the same issue that came up for me when I was writing my book. I would say, okay, I want to write X amount of pages in a week or a month or whatever. And I tried different types of goals. 
But if I had 10 pages I wanted to write in a week, if I only wrote six or eight, I found that all I could focus on is, oh, I didn't keep up to my goal. Now, and after a while, I realized that there was, I couldn't see all that I had accomplished. It just wasn't part of my viewpoint. It wasn't part of my perspective. And the higher self came in one day and they said, okay, no goals. Now, goal setting can be very positive in different ways. And there, it's, it's a practical, um, it's practically applied in many different arenas. However, sometimes setting a goal brings the focus of attention to the half empty. And this has been part of Jake's pattern. He has one goal, and when that isn't realized tomorrow, he, it keeps throwing him over and over again back into, into despair and validating that his life is useless and that he's useless. And it's all hopeless, and he shouldn't try anymore. And I want, I want Jake to release the whole end goal, end result focus. And try to. I want him to stand in the center of neutrality, and I see that that neutral energy coming down. And all of those goals, all of those goals, the that are whatever they are. And I see many. It's like they're all lining up around his head, <laughs> a little silly symbol. And I want you to to literally take the light and cut the 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 cords to those goals. It's just symbolic, and I want you to let the goals go. It's almost as if they're up there on a string like a balloon, and I want you to cut those cords, and I'm seeing them being released one by one, and, have, and I want them all neutralized. We don't want them to come back and, you know, for you to grab onto them anymore. We want all those goals to be completely neutralized because they are helping to hold you in this state of despair. So... We're, that's what we're doing, and I want, and and I'm watching them. I'm watching them move into the light. Jake, you're doing a really good job, letting go one after another. Very good. There's some resistance here um, because I think goal setting has been either a part, a big part of your upbringing or a part of your belief systems over time. Whatever it is, there is some resistance here. So let's, and I feel it along the back, and I want you, to, I want the divine flush energy to come and just flush out the resistance. Um, it's, it's almost, the resistance is almost like, what's it going to be like when I don't have a goal? It's almost as if there's a belief system that it's the goal that motivates you rather than just you carry the motivation within. It's almost as if you're afraid if you don't have the goal, you'll become a lazy person and just sit back and do nothing. I don't I know consciously you don't think that at all but this is behind it it's part of the fear who will you be without a goal will you have motivation will you have the determination you know what's going to drive you well you have plenty of motivation and determination you don't need a goal to drive you just you know we all talk about being in the moment I just see I see uh if you could take it day by day now that's just practical advice and I want to re- have you release and neutralize the the attachment to having that goal. It's as if without that goal, you're not going to make any progress. But it's not that at all. The way it works 
is we're all on a journey. And the journey is really determined by ourselves at the soul level. That's where all the free will is. And your soul knows where it wants to go. It knows it has its own motivation. We carry that innate motivation from the originating source to give birth to ourselves on a continual basis to higher frequencies, to uh, to unfold our our lives and our pattern, to continue to grow and evolve. It's and to become and to discover. It is it is innate. We do not need the goal to motivate ourselves. And in your case, and I don't know that it's like this for everyone, so please let's not um, generalize too much, but for Jake, it has actually been holding him back because it's held him in a state of chronic seeing his shortfall, seeing where he can't change, what he can't do, all that empty space between the goal and what he reaches. And I really want him to neutralize all of those goals and all of that resistance. Um, let it go. Yikes, there's just a lot, and I see it all, all, all along the back and projecting out of the back. I want the higher self to please come in and activate whatever needs to be activated. Bring in um, all the divine light that's needed and necessary, both to flush it out and from the inside out, and then to, you know, divine lighted vacuums or something to suck it out. I want also to reactivate. It's there already, but I want the rainbow bridge to uh, intensify, allow the chakras in the back, the backside of the chakras to release all of this resistance. Oof. It's, it's the part that's attaching him to the wall of the cell. It's like he doesn't know what he would be or who he would be with the freedom from that cell. I want to call in divine freedom. I want to call in divine movement. I want to call in divine confidence and, and, and divine connection to the self. Aye. Well, you know, it is there is some change here, but it's still pretty intense. It's still uh there's still stuff here. But I I mean, I'm just watching it and I'm I'm I am definitely seeing some shifting and changing in the mid back, you know, maybe little mid mid to upper back uh is is really the most intense place. And that's I think part of the the back side of the, the stomach chakra, and it feels related to self-empowerment. There's very a lot of distress, distrust of his own ability. Um, there's a lot of self-doubt and power, feelings of powerlessness here. And as I'm mentioning the words, I do feel it loosening up for him. It's as if, okay, um, <laughs> It's almost as if he's saying, okay, I can't hide anymore. You hit the nail on the head. And and with that, he's saying, okay, I guess I can't hide it, so I might as well let it go. And so I do feel that it's flowing out. A lot of that powerlessness feeling is moving out. I want to call on and activate and intensify divine power big time. 
course, that power has nothing to do with what we think of power in this, in, in our minds. It has nothing to do with control or manipulation or hurt or harm or domination in any way. It, it's the divine power that connects us to that pure soul essence. That is our purest, most perfect, most potent point of power. And that is what, when I call in divine power, that's what's connecting. That's what's activating. That's what we key into. That's what we are connecting to. And I saw him take a step forward from the wall. Okay? Now, again, these are baby steps. We're not trying to get him to go out and play and have picnics in the, in the countryside. He's, he's got some work to do. And he, but he's doing it. This is a symbol for me to see that he's taken, he's already let go of the bars. That was a huge step. Then he was leaning against the wall like, okay, I've let go of the bars, but I can't get too far because, oh my gosh, uh, that's my foundation. That's what's keeping me up. But he has released enough energetically of the belief systems and the, the, the things that he's been carrying that he's now taken a step forward. Now he's just standing there because he has to experience that the sky doesn't fall in. He has to experience that the other three walls of the jail cell didn't immediately materialize. So he's standing there and seeing, no, they didn't materialize, in fact. They didn't materialize, which was, of course, his worst fear. The fear that no matter what he did, all the problems would be there, would come back, would everything would just bury him again, the disappointment, the fear of having hopes dashed. So he's just standing there and he's becoming acclimated to the idea that the sky didn't fall in, it wasn't an illusion, the walls still are down, there's only that one wall, and he didn't fall apart, he didn't get hit out of left field when he stepped forward from that wall. And he has to literally take that in. It's a step. He's still working to release some of that powerlessness and that uselessness that is still ongoing. Um, I want to just, while he's in process there, I'm just very heartened by uh, the step forward. It's it's a very exciting image. But I do want to just check around this huge rim, double rim, And the immediate sense I get is that there's more breath. I, I, I don't know how to explain it, but it's, it's like there's so much has been released, so much has been neutralized, dissolved, that it's as if there's a breathing going on here that hadn't been happening for a long time. It's the breath of light, the breath of hope, the breath of, uh, you know, just having released some of the much of the burdens i do want to specifically have repression i want to call out repression please hire yourself they've probably already worked on it but i want to say it out loud because that was very powerful to me that a lot of people who feel what jake feels are people who are in a state of repression from the societies or cultures 
or families or whatever it is that they're experiencing. And it's from all over. I see populations here. I mean, it is big. Now, I want to just remind you that if a soul chooses to be born into a state of repression, that soul knows ahead of time. That soul has chosen that state, and there would be enough reasons, there'd be millions of reasons, or certainly thousands and tens of thousands of reasons. Each soul would choose it for their own unique, uh, for their own unique purposes. And so those souls, um, but that, but they choose it because they want an opportunity to heal it or balance it or move out of that that pattern because it's something they've carried for probably, you know, over uh, quite a quite a lot over eons of lifetimes. So we they're not victims. They've chosen that state. They uh have an opportunity and I see that a lot of these souls are releasing this this whatever it is that they carry, and I can't tune into each one for sure, but I see a lot of releasing, a lot of neutralizing going on, and I do see hope. There is hope, um, which is that very powerful, powerful energy, and I want to call in the faith because, as I've said, they work together. But I just feel like, you know, it would be like if we had a weight on our chest and we took the weight off, we could take a deeper breath. And that's what I'm feeling, this, this more breath here. The ability to actually breathe. I want to call in divine love. Now, this carries divine love for the self and love for others. It also carries divine forgiveness for the self and forgiveness of others. It also carries divine acceptance for the self and acceptance for others. It is a very, very powerful energy. It is, as I've said often, the highest, most powerful healing energy we can utilize. And so we want to call in divine love, and I do see it moving in through and around the totality of all that are on, that are taking part in this healing. Um, I want to now go back quickly to Jake. And he's taken in the divine love. And I see him just standing there. He's still standing in the same place. But it's as if he's, by the, the, the step forward is allowing him to take in new perceptions and new energies. And he's allowing in things that he wouldn't have allowed in if he hadn't released what he had released and taken that step forward. So he's kind of in a state of stun, I would say, or... Um, He's just experiencing the 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 light, the love, and all that it's bringing to him. It's bringing serenity. It's bringing. Um, he feels the hope, and he's just in a very good state. And at this point, I'm going to wrap him, or have the higher self, of course, wrap him in the cocoon of energy. He is being put in the cocoon, and I just saw. <laughs> And it's all around everyone on the, both the inner rim of the listeners, past, present, and future, and anybody they've called in, and also all the way around that outer rim. So there is a lot of cocoons of energy uh, being put into place. Um, 
Okay. And, you know, the higher selves are stepping forward now, and I'm not sure whose higher selves they are, whether it's the conglomerate higher selves, but they are indicating to me that the, that this was actually, you know, a very powerful healing. And um, Okay, let me see if I can get what they're trying to say. Well, I I have a have an indication, but I I'm hesitant to say it because you know the radio you can't take uh, a few. I would rather have you know 15 seconds or a minute where I could really focus on it, make sure I had it correctly. I don't have that in the radio. You can't have these quiet spots, you know. So um, I but but I will get the information uh, and bring it to you next week if I remember. Um, but it is. Okay, 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 okay. They're like saying, don't wait, come on. All right, so. They're. <laughs> they, they want me to, to let you guys know that the higher selves are fifth dimensional in nature and that there are many, many fifth dimensionals actually in place on the planet that the they carry a dual soul nature they carry the facade soul facade human soul and at the heart they carry the true soul essence which is part of the fifth dimensional soul this is in the back of my book it's explained very simply in the back of my book uh, i have not mentioned it on the radio in all this time and they're sta- saying uh, they're having me and i'm like in shock um, having me speak it out over the radio Having a dual soul nature is very much like having dual citizenship. It doesn't make anybody weird or different, uh, just a little different. Um, and mo- for the most part, there are millions of fifth dimensionals present on the planet helping the process, the evolutionary process, helping the planet itself and the four uh, lower kingdoms because fifth dimensionals, of course, are in the fifth dimension um, where all humanities graduate into because evolution never stops it isn't heaven is not the end goal it is a part of the human kingdom uh and once we're ready to move on we've evolved enough in the human kingdom we all move into the fifth dimension and there are many a fifth dimension is divine uh will it at that point you move out of free will it doesn't mean that there isn't choice of course there's choice and when you move in there you take uh, on the service commitment. And the service commitment is to help the evolutionary process of the four lower kingdoms. And as a result, uh, one of the things, and I'm not going to go into a lot of detail here, but one of the things is that the there was a call put out eons and eons and eons and eons ago for volunteers from the fifth dimension to return uh, to take on the facade human soul. It's not a walk-in. It's nothing like that. It's not alien. It's nothing like that. It's simply an aspect of the fifth dimensional that is still in place in that uh, realm, 
um, returns taking on the facade human uh, soul because it's a free will kingdom and the fifth dimensional have to obey the rules and regulations of the free will kingdom. But there are millions in place here, millions who are in process helping, uh, especially uh, it's been they've been around for since there've been humanities on the planet, but. Right now, there's a huge number because the planet is moving into that new age and is it's a very um, important time period. And so there's many millions of fifth dimensionals present on the planet with that dual soul nature, most of which do not know they're fifth dimensional. Um, some may have it in consciousness. I don't know. But in any case, there's no elitism here. It doesn't mean that they're... Uh, better than anything. Every fifth dimensional carries the human facade, goes through the same experiences that all the humanities go through, carries the same soul scrambles, the same issues, uh, has a few slightly different issues as well because there, there are some issues that are more apt to show up in uh, the dual soul nature. But in any case, I don't know why the higher self want me to bring it to you guys on the radio, I I bring it to individuals who come to me for private sessions. Um, so I've been unfolding it and getting out the information individually, but never in a group. And they are now having me do so. They want the the listeners to uh, understand this. This for the most part, I do draw in fifth dimensionals because. There is a lot of energy and a lot of stimulation or activation going on with this planet for all all individuals, but the fifth dimensionals uh, in a way are being activated more intensely because the it's it's important if if we're here to help others um it's important that we go through the process of the soul mind detox, the moving, uh, neutralizing our um, fears, our, you know, all of those belief systems and all that we carry that clouds who we are, who keep, that keeps our blinders on who we are. And we have to go through that same process. You, you know, we can't teach someone to swim unless we can swim ourselves. So, we have to neutralize the process, the, the belief system. We have to neutralize all that we've taken on over the eons of our journey as, the, as returnees, so to speak. Um, <clears throat> and so the fifth dimensionals are very intensely being uh, impressed by their higher self, by their true soul essence nature. They're being impressed to seek and search and to get help and to get the balance, to get the healing. And the higher selves are indicating to me that for the most part, every listener on the show is carry, does carry that dual soul nature. You cannot tell by the cover. Someone you think is definitely not could certainly be. Fifth dimensionals come in in all walks of life. They choose criminal life to bring the light, to bring the the knowledge, to bring the uh, whatever. They choose primitive kind of or more traditional uh, life 
patterns or, or like tribal situations, they're all over the map. And because we we all carry that facade human soul, very real human soul, we've got the same issues, the same soul scrambles, the same everything. And we have them in different degrees. Some are really intense. If you guys listen to the healing on Ryan, Ryan is a fifth dimensional, but he has a he's a paranoid schizophrenic. Serious mental issues. But he is a fifth dimensional. So please never judge a book by a cover. Please, it's not anything about elite, but for some reason that I'm gathering, I'm going to begin to unfold some of this information on the radio. Who knew? Um, I guess I came forward almost kicking and screaming, talk about resistance. I was going to wait till next week, <laughs> but I went ahead and threw it in. Most people probably haven't even gotten this far listening to the show. They've already shut it off. <laughs> um, but now that they've told me, I guess the proverbial can of worms is open. Um, there's just so much out there about dimensions and about aliens and about walk-ins and about all of these things that I have been reticent to bring any of this information forward. I wanted to unfold the the very practical, the very logical, the stuff that people could relate to. I wanted to unfold all of that first before I got to this fifth dimensional uh, information of actual individuals, people you know, carrying that dual soul nature. They're fifth dimensionals that are part of these repressed on the outer rim. Yeah, because we've gone through as difficult lifetimes as I've talked about on the show before. We all have. And in some ways, it's even worse and ha- has been even worse, not always. But in some, in some ways, it's been very, very intense. The fifth dimensional, the dual soul nature carries that true soul essence, which is very high energy. And that energy, that fifth dimensional energy, beams out 24-7. And if a fifth dimensional chooses to help a society literally by just being born in a society, even though the individuals there don't know it consciously, they are receiving that fifth dimensional energy. Because as I've explained, the... Soul, when it's ready to take in the higher frequency of energy, just being born into a society with with the humanities means you're helping them because any one of the people in that society, it could be one, it could be 50, it could be 10,000, will take in that energy and the soul, their human soul is then innately wants to reach it, wants to expand its frequency to move in toward it and to match it. And that's how fifth dimensionals help literally by just being in existence. However, because they come from a service dimension, the there is an innate desire or a deep desire from that fifth dimensional true soul essence to help others. And so in addition to just giving out the energy, fifth dimensionals have been 
working to help in whatever way they could. And it doesn't mean that they, some were, some of course would be healers, some would be psychics or prophets, and some would be seers, some would be uh, artists, whatever. It doesn't matter what what they chose to, to do. It uh, could be a soldier, it could be anything, but whether they chose just to give out the light and just live a normal life without doing any active overt destiny or plan to help others or whether they actually did help others, the the souls around that were not ready to take in that light often would reject them. They didn't know it was the energy they weren't ready for and that they didn't like, but they reject the person. And so many of the dual soul natures have very intense lives of rejection, being put in jail, being ex- exiled from society, being buried alive, being put in on, you know, be slave gangs, you know, whatever, being hung, being burned at the stake. It has been, uh, there's a lot of stuff because, uh, that, that the fifth dimensionals have experienced. But these societies are harsh and cruel to everyone. So it, everyone, no matter what, stage, what evolutionary level someone is on, everybody's experienced these very, very difficult lives. And no one is really any worse or better off. So in any case, this is the higher selves coming in and saying, you better talk about this. Don't wait till next week. But I do think that most of the people, I tend to draw in the fifth dimensional because it's the phase where, you know, you see a lot of self-help coming out there. You see a lot of seeking and searching. You see a lot of people discovering ways of becoming more aware, more conscious. And this is all part of this uh, unconscious triggering and in in some cases bringing it into consciousness to first help themselves, and then reach out to help others. And that's a big process that's ongoing, and I seem, as I said, I seem to be drawing those in. The higher selves are indicating even the humanities that are listening to the show, because apparently there are some, they're very, um, they're ready to hear the information because they are, uh, you know, (laughs) most of the humanities on this planet, guys, are quite high frequency for the humanities. Because this planet is moved its frequency up quite high, and then the, the people who match the planet frequency are those that come in. You don't find here those people from the human kingdom that are barely out of the animal phase and and are at the lower levels. There are levels in each kingdom, and you know humanity is not any different. The animal, plant kingdom, etc. Most of the levels. Um, are reflected in the change in the physical body, much less so in the human kingdom. We had, you know, here on this planet, we had Neanderthals and the early humans. But once we got to Homo sapiens, it stayed the rest of the time. And the change now is happening at the conscious awareness level, not at the change of body level. But the early days, the early human days that we've all experienced, we wouldn't be on the this planet. We'd be on other planets that more match the frequency. It would be equal in our frequency or slightly higher so that we have 
uh, the ability to move and reach the next level, the next layer. So the humanities on this planet are, are very, very, please do not judge a book by any cover. Please. Because it's not about that. We're all on a journey. We all have a job to do. We all have, we're all evolving. We're all moving forward. We're all expanding. And the, oh, there's so much in, about it in my book. I hope that you guys, uh, I was just about to go into the evolutionary thrust, which I don't know if I've introduced that concept to you before. That's a whole, not a section, not a chapter. It's just sort of the uh, last, like a chapter in my book. And it's fascinating, and I think you'll you'll love it, but I'm not going to do that on the radio right now. I just encourage everyone, don't forget, you want to go to soulpsychologythebook.com, learn about the book, put yourself on an email so that when it's out, I can let you know. You'll get the links to where you can buy it, whether it's on Kindle, it'll be e, you know an ebook. It'll and and it'll also be available as a print book. In time, it will be available audio. But I'm I want to first get it out, then I'm going to figure out the audio process. In any case, sign up, guys. All right, and talk about expansion. Who knew? If the higher self had given me any indication before the show, I don't know. <laughs> But I was pushed, and there you have it. And I thank you for the opportunity to start to bring this information out globally. I'm very, very excited, and I really love you guys. Okay? We're in this together. And again, my email address is Janet at Higher Self Voice or Janet at JanetRichmond.com. Whichever one you can remember better, send me an email. If you have questions, comments, you know, feel free to reach out. Um, now, I, I do want to just say that the, a lot of the terms that I've used just now are out there everywhere. Please just be aware that the higher self can define them slightly differently. It doesn't mean that there isn't a connection. It doesn't mean that anything else is wrong. But I, I'm just clarifying that so that there aren't too many assumptions made about what something means or doesn't mean. You can find out a lot of stuff from my book. As I said, there is a very um, extensive glossary there. You can also, if you have questions, write me and ask. Because if you have a question, I know other people have a question, and I'll answer it right on air. I'll also email you back. But, um, yeah, get in touch, guys. We're going into a whole new phase. It must be this. Because 2016 is coming up. I had in the back of my mind, maybe 2016, I was going to start talking about this. But here we go. Not yet. I mean, I, I didn't wait. I, I mean, I didn't. It's, it's here now, 2015. Anyway, I'm going to say goodbye. Really, really thank you, thank you, thank you for being part of my world. I appreciate it so much. Okay, doke. Bye. Thank you for listening to Janet Richmond and the Higher Self Voice. Visit Janet's website at JanetRichmond.com to view all of her upcoming events or to buy her book, Choices, Neutralizing Your Negative Thoughts and Emotional Blueprints.